Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. We are now at the end of 1990. We got the last two movies of the year. I'm Michael, that's Kersey. What's up? Oh, hey. I feel like I'm louder than usual. Here's the new thing is, not only am I caffeinated, I am no longer sitting when I record. I got a new station where I can stand. It's like back in the old radio days because you're not compressing your diaphragm and it, it you're louder, your voice is richer, and you're not so sleepy. And you can project. Yes. All right, so this episode we are disco- we're discovering. Uh, we are covering Texas Chainsaw Massacre three and Sundown: The Vampire in Retreat. Kersey gets to choose what we're going with first. Let's go with Texas Chainsaw. Oh yeah, baby! Now, at the time, people hated Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Everybody loves it now. Um, people didn't get the campy, over the top comedic tone, and basically Toby Hooper pulled what Joe Dante would do later with Gremlins Two is poke fun at his own classic. And I think I think it was kind of a pussy move. Even though I do like Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three, I think it's a pussy move to kind of, you know just pull back and, and not have any fun. But you saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two is not any fun? Is no, no, Part Three, Two is. Uh-oh. Two is my favorite. It is a goddamn riot. And, oh, did I show you? It's finally coming back out on Blu-ray. And hopefully, it's not the last time, but they're doing a very special limited edition. They're only doing like 3,000 copies. Um, Vinegar Syndrome is doing it. It's got this magnetic class fold-out. Oh, it's gorgeous, but it's also expensive. Oh, well, I'm going to save up for that. Yep. uh... Uh, my, I have, uh, the only copy I have right now is a VHS copy, and that's a little worn out by Oof, now. Yeah, no kidding. Plus, you don't get it in widescreen. Um, exactly. So, Texas Chainsaw Master 3, there are two versions. Sadly, the one that we watched on Voodoo is the original theatrical cut. There is the a... censored version. Yes, the censored version. There is another version if you like this movie. It is out on Blu-ray, and it has, what, five more minutes of gore. Just And this movie yep. isn't... This movie that's, the first, that's the version I own, so I was waiting for the gore, and then, and then I realized halfway through the movie, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still it still has a lot of blood and guts, but I want to know how fucking bananas the original version was. It got pretty crazy. Uh, it, there's definitely an... Ex- well, well let's, we'll talk about when we get to those uh, moments, but uh, for right now, I think it is... What I think it's... It seems like they're trying to find a middle ground between having mass audience appeal, but also try to stay true to the original um, sort of like really nihilistic, uh, brutal sort of uh, version of the movie. And when you're trying to appease a mass audience with a Texas chainsaw, it doesn't really work. I think you either gotta go really fucked up or really fun. Yeah, it's, and the whole franchise is fucking weird. I mean, I think this is the last time for a while that we really get a wide release. Uh, This New Line Cinema picked up the rights from Canon Pictures when they basically were going bankrupt. And New Line Cinema at the time was known for horror. It was their bread and butter. They had Critters, they had Friday the 13th, or not Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. They would get Friday the 13th in a couple years. And I think that they maybe saw that there was an exhaustion point with Nightmare on Elm Street. And so they picked this up thinking that they could, you know, maybe staunch the bleeding in the in the horror world by you know making this one of their franchises and it just didn't happen it it did not make very much money i remember when the poster for this was in our local newspaper and just being like what the fuck is texas chainsaw massacre and how is it on part three (laughs) yeah yeah i mean so one of the major problems with texas chainsaw is that it doesn't have 
rich lore to it. There's not much you can really do with it. It's just three psychos who eat people, and that's about it. And, um, you know, doing the first movie as a horror movie that just kind of came out of nowhere, second movie is just like, no, fuck it, why not? Let's just ruin this whole thing and have fun while we do it. And just go and just expand it into something ridiculous. But then where do you go from there? It's like there's really nothing you can do, so you just kind of reboot it with all new characters except for the one that everyone knows, which is Leatherface. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't remember, did everybody die at the end of part two? Yes, except for the, the main actress. Yeah, and, and uh, Leatherface, I believe, didn't he get like a chainsaw through the gut or something? Yeah, it was like, yeah, the, the huge ass uh, chainsaw was sticking through his body, yeah. Okay, so technically he didn't die, but come on. No, um, he did, he did because the old guy under the table, uh, he got uh, chainsawed in the butt. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Awesome. And then he, he uh, basically pulled some pins out of a, a, either one grenade or several and basically blew the whole compound up. Okay, that's right. Uh, yeah, so three kind of ignores that. It just gives another generic set of uh, inbred boys or whatever to cause a mayhem. But this time, it seems like every one of these has someone who became a star later. And this one is no exception. It has Vigo Mortensen as... At first, you don't realize he's part of the family. You think he's helping, and he shows up later. Right? He's got... Vigo Mortensen has a very slimy kind of way of talking and carrying himself. It's almost seductive, but also, like, terrifying. He's, yeah, he's kind of, he's a very snake-like. Yeah, and then uh, I think it's Tom Hudson, or I think it plays the other brother who's running the convenience store. I thought he was a fucking blast. He's the closest thing to being, like, what part two was. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, he was, he was uh, singing a song, about, uh, just uh, singing a song called Motherfucker or something. <laughs> just humming to himself, I can't remember. Yeah, he just, so he's funny. telling me, like, he's a whatever. In the back woods. <laughs> Um, and we have classic horror star Ken Forey uh, showing up, and I think he's he's very good in this. I think he's highly entertaining. Yeah, oh, he's always great to have uh, in a movie, but um, yeah, they don't really flesh him out too much. But he is one of the more interest entertaining parts of the movie. There's a there's an actor in this that I'm kind of friends with on Facebook, uh, but I'm not going to mention the name. But I, I don't think he's particularly good at acting. But he has a major role in this. I'll tell you off air. You probably know who exactly I'm talking about. Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, and and it, it, I think it drags the movie down. And it's a very, very short, straightforward movie. But every time he speaks, I'm like, no, no, don't, please don't, just stop. Kill him, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think it's a really entertaining film. It's just not as good as Part Two, honestly. Uh, I haven't seen Part Four yet, the one with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, but I'm sure it's going to be even a further step down. It's so bad, dude. I, I, I was just watching it uh, last month, and I couldn't get through it. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is directed by Jeff Burr, who at the time was notorious for doing sequels in a row. Um, so he had done Stepfather 2, then Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, then I believe Puppet Master 4 and 5, and then he was looking for a 6, and it never happened. Okay, I can see why. I mean, I, it's hard to it's hard to say that this movie is a bad it's not bad uh and unfortunately when you do watch the censored version it does take away a lot of the shock factor which is really what makes chainsaw chainsaw um but it's just there's just some details that are just weird because it's not really i don't know if this is a reboot or a sequel it doesn't really give you any hint about like where we're at with that because it's like 
you have the one same character, but everyone else was different, but you also had the desiccated grandpa figure. Yeah. Which was very specific to the first two, so I don't know why this other family would have one there. Uh, and so it's just kind of, it's just a weird, it, it's, it's a weird sequel. If it is a sequel instead of a remake, I don't know. Um, and I think there's just too many family members. There's just, there's, there's too many of them, and they all, they all have very distinct personalities that don't really mesh well as a, as a family unit. I think with, um, with Leatherface and the guy with the earring, I think they have a really good dynamic yeah. uh, when they're on screen together. And that's probably because they have the most violent dynamic together. Um, but everyone else just kind of just is kind of bland. And I think if you were just to cut the, the amount of people in half, it would work so much better. Literally or figuratively? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, both, really. I'm trying to look. Is Dwayne Whitaker, and I could have sworn he was in Pulp Fiction as one of the, the butt boys. Let me see. He is. He is. Later. Really? Yeah. He doesn't look the same. Oh, I can't imagine that's the no, same actor. Look... Oh. No, that can't be right. Whatever it is, I like that guy. The guy who's kind of thinning hair and he's got the earring and he's driving the truck, or whatever. And he's just fucking with Ken Forey the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need you to pull my truck. Why the fuck do you think I'm out here, asshole? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he has like this uh, obsession with fire. Like, they're, yeah, they're, like, he's a great character. Obviously, you're going to have Leatherface. I think Vigo is great um, as kind of playing both sides uh, in the terms of, like, pretending to be a good guy at first and then really being a psycho underneath. I think it's great. And then, of course, you got Leatherface. Honestly, you don't need Leatherface at this point. Not really. And this is what drags the franchise down is because they constantly feel like you need to hear his origin story. And go back to the beginning. How many movies are even named Leatherface? I feel like I own three movies named Leatherface. Am I fucking wrong? No, you're right. There's several. Yeah, it's just strange. Why do you keep telling this origin story of someone who doesn't fucking matter? (laughs) I don't want to see the Friday the 13th back when he was in camp. No. I don't want to see Michael Myers as a child except for that very beginning of the first one. I mean, god damn it. Yeah. And you know what's really fucked up about the the Halloween where you see where the first half is Michael Myers' origin story? The origin story was better than the rest of the movie. Yeah. Which is like just how bad it was. Oh boy. I still haven't seen Halloween Kills. I might have to mooch your HBO membership just to see it because Halloween Ends comes out, I think, what, tomorrow or something? Yeah, go go for it. I'm not going to watch Halloween Kills. But. Okay, I just I just want to see. I want to know why everybody hates it so much. So it looks like a nightmare. But also, what I don't like about it is that it's completely unnecessary because I think all of the main characters are still alive. But based on the trailer, the new ones, I'm like, why would I want to watch the second one? That's true. Halloween 2018 is pointless though because it's H2O without the WB gloss to it. To be fair, I do like that version because they get Michael Myers right. Okay. He's a, he's a force of nature that is a complete opportunist murderer instead of, like, trying to set up elaborate traps. Like, he doesn't waste time trying to do some cool shit. He will just break your neck if you're in front of him. So <laughs> I, I like that aspect of it. We should get back to the movie, by We the way. should, but, I, but we I do like, this. I like this tangent. I like it. Yes, I love tangents. All right, so... Um, our second film is completely different in tone, and it's from the director of Waxworks. It is Sundown, the Vampire in Retreat, and it is a Western vampire comedy, and it is campy, and it is fun. I think maybe its concept, its idea, is too big for the budget given to it, though. Absolutely. And that's the thing. that when, 
when the movie starts, there's so much promise, and I was so excited to start watching this movie. Like, after the first five minutes, I'm like, okay, this is either going to be terrible or a classic. Does but this feel like a season... This feels like a season of a soap opera compressed into yes. a, a, an hour and a half. And a lot of these actors are soap opera actors, so I think it's intentional that it's, it's campy and it's supposed to be like a TV show. Yeah, just as the, the longer it goes on, the more it just kind of doesn't live up to its premise. And that's kind of the most disappointing thing about it. Yeah, I feel like they almost give up on the premise immediately because there's not really much tension built so if you haven't seen the movie, it is in the Old West, this abandoned town where vampires have decided that they're no longer going to eat humans, that they're going to have synthetic blood, they have a factory there, and they just live this quiet life, except there are a few guys who get out of hand. And then there is a split where Derry Carradine, oddly enough, usually known for a villain, is a good guy, and yeah. he's trying to keep everybody in line while uh, classic Western hero, um, uh, fuck, I'll remember it. That's his name. Fuck. Damn it. John Ireland. John Ireland. He's, a, he's an old Western hero or whatever, and he's the bad guy, and he gets all the rebellious vampires together to take over the town and, and no more synthetic blood and hiding out. Yeah, but uh, what's also... I do have to cor correct. I think, uh, I think what you meant was, like, it's an old West town, not that this takes place in the Oh, West. yes, but it does have the feel of a Western when they do have their yes. showdown. Yeah. But, yeah, it is uh, modern for the time. It is 1990 in the movie. Yeah. Um, what I think, how do I explain? It's 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 difficult to talk about just because of the sort of disappointment uh, of it. Because like when you talk about it in terms of like what its plot is, that sounds really fun and entertaining. But how much of it actually is dedicated to that storyline? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of meandering. There's this other storyline that takes place. There's actually a lot of storylines in this one. Now that I think about it, well, and that's yeah. That's why nowhere. we thought. That's why we thought it felt like an entire season of a show. Yeah, there's like someone gets his head chopped off in the beginning of the movie, and then that, and then there's like two people who are not vampires who witness it, and that plot line goes nowhere. And then you have like uh, Bruce Campbell showing up, who is a descendant of Van Helsing, who's going to kill the main vampire, but he wants to kill the good vampire because he doesn't realize there's good and bad. And that plot line kind of goes nowhere. Like, there's uh, the, the the main character who's there to help them with their synthetic blood. At this point, he doesn't know this town is uh, filled with vampires. He thinks that this is for, like, medical research. Right, right. And the person who he's working under uh, slept with his wife a long time ago. And that plot line goes nowhere. Like, there's so many things that go on. But the real meat of the story is that they're sort of a vampire rebellion and a vampire haven that are kind of at war with each other. And that's the interesting part, but that only really comes up in the, like a little bit in the beginning, a little bit middle, and then like the entire third act is the showdown. But since there's no good buildup to it, it's just, it's just kind of boring. Do you feel like it should have either gone more comedy or more straight up horror, or do you like the hybrid? I enjoy the hybrid. I think it needed to lean a little more on, uh, on being earnest. Like, just being... Uh, it seems like they kind of try to step back from the actual plot and just try to make some more yucks by having Bruce Campbell in there just being annoying. <laughs> um, instead of being earnest, it just, like, he's an incompetent vampire hunter. That's a great concept. Um, 
but instead it's just him being Bruce Campbell for 30 minutes. Yeah, but I mean, at the time, he definitely could not turn down work because he's barely getting anything post-Evil Dead 2. Yeah. And and I think, I think there's, like I said, really good ideas, but it just doesn't have the focus. It's so short, it's so low budget, that it really can't give you what it wants to give you. And that's kind of the curse of the director, Anthony Hickox, who constantly was making movies with big ideas and extremely low budgets. Yeah, he's he's not really a... Oh, what was the guy who did Reanimator, Gordon Smith? Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon. Yeah, he, at least early on in his career, was able to kind of make the impossible possible. We're making these really big ideas with very small budgets. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Except for some reason, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. He did a movie called Robot Jocks. Which they said cost ten million dollars. I've seen it. That thing costs like it looks like it cost two or three. <laughs> Did you see one of his later movies, Dagon? I have not seen that one. The last one I saw of his, I think, was King Kingdom of the Ants or something like that. It was based on, uh, I think, uh, I want to say it was. Um, you know, I don't fucking know. I can't remember the name all of a sudden. Who wrote all? Who wrote the Reanimator? Doctor Herbert West. Who wrote that? Fuck. You know, and the whole Cthulhu. God damn it. Oh, wasn't it Brian E. Zuma? No, no, no. The the classic fucking writer who wrote all those Cthulhu stories. Oh, H.P. Lovecraft. Thank you. Sorry. I think it was an H.P. Lovecraft. I could be wrong. Um, That's the last time I saw Stuart Gordon stuff. I know he made movies after that, but I've not seen Dagon, but I know people are big fans of it. It's not bad. It is kind of a return to form for him. Okay. But it's it's still just like not what he used to be. You can tell that, like, if he had, like, an extra three, four million dollars, this really could have been something. Oh, yeah. That's, I think that's usually what does directors in that are, you know, like classic directors is either they lack the budget or they lack the interest. They're just phoning it in at some point. I just saw the trailer for Walter Hill's new movie, and he's my favorite. Well, Joe Dante's my favorite director, but Walter Hill's probably number two. And it's a Western and it's not shot wide, and it's shot on shitty digital video, and I just don't want to fucking see it. I Westerns yeah. just feel like they need to be a big in scope and on film. Film stock, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's no other way around that. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Um, yeah, it shouldn't look like an episode of a TV show, but uh, we've talked so long that I have actually forgotten what movie we're talking about. Oh, yeah, Sundown. <laughs> Uh, this is another one of those Vestron collector series, just like Dagon, just like uh, the one that I wanted to get, goddammit, is Wishmaster, and it just went out of print permanently. So oh, sad. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, Wishmaster, is, that's Wes Craven, right? Right, well, presents. It means he was just oh. paid to put his name on it. He had nothing to do with the production. He was just like, I'll take a million dollars, you can put my name above the title. That's the one where it's like the creature that offers people wishes, but then he takes their souls afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fucking love. I love the first two Wishmasters. I can't remember three and four, but it was all four of them for like twenty bucks, and it sold out, and it was completely out of print. So I'm I'm really sad. Yeah, the first the first one is the one where he blows his brains out because the lady tells him to kill himself, and then he just regrows his head or something. I don't remember, but that sounds right. Yeah, so Sundown is another one of those where I got it super cheap because I waited. Shh. If you don't need the physical copy, like at six months later, you'll get a special deal where it's like three for five from that company. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm taking Sundown for $1.50. <laughs> it's an interesting curiosity, but it, it's it's one of those almost movies. Yeah, definitely. If they just, you know, dropped maybe one or two storylines and just 
gave it a little more earnestly, like, yeah, this is silly, but, like, this is real drama that these characters are going through, and we're going to treat that seriously. Yeah, it's, I believe it's the very last movie released by Vestron before they were taken over by uh, what would become Lionsgate. So that's kind of interesting. I think they released it, like, for a weekend and said, oh, nope, we're done. <laughs> we're out of this. this. This didn't make money. So the next film... The next film that is from that studio and that director is Waxworks 2, which we'll discuss soon, but that one ended up going straight to video. Uh, All right, anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, no, let's see. Uh, Sex Chance on Mr. Part 3 is pretty good, a little disappointing, and then Sundown is pretty good, but it's very disappointing. So yeah. <laughs> I'll, let you pick it. I'll let you decide whether or not you want to see it. <laughs> Uh, TCM is just exactly what you're looking for. Nothing special. It's just straight ahead, meat, potatoes, terror. It's got some good gore. Not. I've got to see the uncut version, though. Yeah, watch the uncut version. It's definitely better. All righty. So that is it for this episode. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter and all your podcast hosts at Hit Rewind. And that is it, everybody. Have a good night. Good night, folks.